Hi, I'm John Bryce. I live in Albemarle County, Virginia, where my wife is running for school board. She's a frustrated mom who lost all faith that our school board actually had our children's best interests at heart. And this is her story. Meg, I know that you want to get back to talking about the real issues that voters should be concerned with, things that affect our public schools and how our tax dollars are spent. But over the last couple of weeks, the other candidate has been targeting Albemarle County residents with political propaganda full of outright lies in an effort to convince voters that you are a terrible person. And while I realize that you have way thicker skin than I do and that this stuff rolls off your back, it it really bothers me, I, I guess, for two reasons. The first is obvious. Probably anybody listening could put themselves in my shoes and think about how they might react if someone were to create TV commercials and mass mailings full of lies about their spouse. But the second reason is that our friend Ty Cooper pointed out, unanswered lies become the truth. So in this episode, I'd like to put Allison Spillman's lies to rest. Let's start with the TV ad. First, the cheesy evil music starts. <laughs> then the ad begins with something like, Meg Scalia Bryce doesn't want you to know that she pulled her kids out of public schools. True or false, Meg? <laughs> Do you want people to know that? I've been pretty public about that. And um, I've talked about it a lot and told people exactly why we pulled our kids out of public schools. Um, I mean, that's it's not a big secret. You wouldn't be running if we hadn't pulled our kids out of public schools. I mean, that's kind of the, these things are very related. Exactly. Right. I'm, I'm running because we felt, we felt driven to pull our kids out of public school and thought maybe we should try to do something about that. Yeah. Okay. Then the next caption reads, Meg Bryce labeled radical right, daily progress, September 18th, 2023. And the voiceover claims that you are, quote, backed by extremist groups who want to impose a far-right political agenda and whitewash history, end quote. There's a lot to unpack here, but let's start with the voiceover. Are you backed by any kind of extremist group who wants to impose a far-right political agenda and whitewash history? Where does that even come from? Is there even an ounce of truth in that statement? No, there, there is not an ounce of truth in it. I'm not backed by any group, not a single group. The only support that I have is from individuals, um, and they're individuals of all stripes. And uh, yeah, you, you know, the, the suggestion that I'm backed by some group is absurd and not based in reality. All right. So next... And this is clever Machiavelli-style deception. Make no mistakes, listeners. Allison Spillman wants to deceive you. She wants you to believe her lies. What, what she does here is display a quote attributed to the Daily Progress. But the quote was actually her own statement. She's the one who labeled you radical right, which anyone who's ever met you, Meg Bryce, would know is simply not true. It's a bold-faced lie coming from someone who will say and do whatever it takes to get elected. So basically, she lied in the newspaper, then added her quote to a fast-paced TV ad to deceive the viewer into believing that the Daily Progress has labeled you as radical right. That's clever and dishonest and despicable. Yep. All of those things. Then the ad says, quote, 
we need to defeat Meg Bryce, end quote. And they show your photo with a caption that says, quote, banning books, politicizing education, source, Daily Progress, July 27th, 2023. I'm going to put a pin in banning books for a few minutes because I want to get into that in a, that absurd lie in extreme detail. But first, I want to point out two things here. The first is that Allison used the same tactic as on the previous screen. She tried to make it look like the Daily Progress said that you ban books and politicize education. But this time, the source was a letter to the editor written by her campaign manager, Chris Seaman. The same guy who purchased the domain MegScaliaBryce.com in January, shortly after you announced your candidacy, then published a similar smear website about you full of lies. Chris Seaman has since taken that website down because he realized how much trouble he was about to get into. But I've got plenty of screenshots as well as a video that proves he authored the website. By the way, Spillman now claims that Seaman is no longer her campaign manager. That man has been an absolute cancer to her campaign. Well, I, I think he he probably resigned as her campaign manager so that he could start the pack that is now paying for um, for some a of lot these of ads. The, right, a lot of the hit pieces on me. That, that's right. And I find it I find it unbelievable that Spillman and Seaman have the audacity to claim that you are politicizing education. You're not. That's what they are doing. They are bringing politics into a place where politics doesn't belong. Listeners can hear all about why school board races are supposed to be nonpartisan on episode three. Spillman and Seaman are trying to convince voters that partisan politics belong in this election so they can force their partisan politics into our schools. And they think they can fool voters by claiming that that's what you're doing. It's it's really unbelievable. Okay. Yep. Next up, mailings. I've seen multiple versions of these, but they're they're all pretty similar to the TV ad. Uh, I can add a link to one of these mailings in the show notes if you want, so listeners can see the lies with their own eyes. But uh, again, the first claim is that you're a political activist. I was surprised to read that. Meg, have you ever worked on a political campaign before? No, I've never been involved in a political campaign. I have never um, been a member of any political group. Like I wasn't a member of, you know, college Republicans or college Democrats. Um, I've donated, uh, you know, $75 in my life to any, any political campaign. And um, that was in 2020 um, to try to get people elected who would open schools. That's I made three twenty-five dollar donations. That's it. I've never been um, involved in politics because I've never wanted to be involved in politics, and this is why. Yeah, this <laughs> is why. Yep, right there with you. Okay, uh, you know they also claim that you're a member of or supported by political activist groups. Is that true? Ha have you ever been a member of? Moms for Liberty or any of the other groups they claim no. you're associated with? Have you ever joined or donated to any kind of activist group? Nope, not at all. Um, I am in no way affiliated with Moms for Liberty. Uh, I, you know, as far as, as I know, they've never heard of me and um, don't know of my campaign. So that, that accusation is just out of thin air. So then how can they accuse you of being, quote, backed by extremist groups who want to take over school boards and force their right wing agenda into our classrooms, end quote? How do they get there? 
Uh, the connection that I think that they're using is that I attended a conference hosted by the Noah Webster Foundation. Okay. This was a um, this was a conference for school board candidates and school board members. The sessions that I went to were on. Um, there was one on school budgets. There was one on parliamentary procedure and minority voice. So knowing that if I get elected, I would be one person out of a board of seven, I would be very, very much in the minority. So that session was important to me because I wanted to learn, like, how can I get my voice heard if I'm in the minority on this board? And then my, um, my favorite session was a session on the science of math. And it was um, led by this gentleman, Rick Nelson. And, um, so, you know, science of reading is a really hot topic right now. And his argument was kind of like, you know, I, I think math is next. I think that's kind of the next frontier of what we need to look at in terms of how we're teaching it and how kids are learning it. And he was arguing that just like with reading, how, you know, phonics went out of favor for a long time. And now we realize that was a, a mistake the same thing is true for math. Like, you know, we stopped having kids memorize their times tables and he's arguing that was a mistake. Kids need automaticity. They really need to memorize that stuff. So um, I, I liked that one a lot, like just as a, he actually, he was like hitting on a lot of cognitive psychology terms that I loved. And um, I sadly, he, I, I really respected him. He has since passed. I actually emailed him just a couple months ago to ask his thoughts on our middle school math program and how some middle school math is moving to every other day. I emailed him to ask his thoughts on that. And his wife got back to me and said, I'm, I'm you know, I'm so sorry to tell you, but Rick has passed away. So um, may he rest in peace. He was um, a really, he, really smart man, really dedicated to education. He was like a decades long educator, I think in Fairfax County. And he was in, you know, one of the leaders of the teachers union there. And um, relevant here, he also told me afterwards that he's a huge Bernie Sanders supporter. So, you know, if people want to paint that conference as this like right wing extremist group, why did they have a vocal Bernie Sanders supporter giving one of the talks there? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, that was like, you know, it was it, that that conference was a way for me that was pretty early after I had um, announced my candidacy. And it was a way for me to learn about school boards and their responsibilities and how they function. And uh, it was not, <laughs> it how, was to, not how, to, this, how to push a right wing, wing agenda into school boards, right? How to take them over. Right. And yeah, yeah, that was yeah. not the point of Good the grief. conference. Right. Okay. I I said that I wanted to put a pin in book banning, so let's let's tackle that one now. They're claiming that that conference had some sort of how-to session on banning books, um, which is probably pretty laughable. Uh, I guess I want to start by asking you, Meg, who is Randy Weingarten, and what do the two of you have in common? <laughs> um, yeah, I made a joke about this recently. Randy Weingarten and I have in common that we read banned books. So I guess it's banned books week right now. Is that right, John? It is. It is. Yeah. Yep. Happy, happy banned books week. Um, Randy Weingarten posted something 
on Twitter about, you know, banned books week and showed her in front of all of these supposedly banned books. And um, it struck me as funny because the books that she's holding, um, first of all, they're not banned. So one of them was a Raw Doll book. And Raw Doll books have been rewritten. They've been edited by the publisher to take out what some groups called hurtful language. So kids like, you know, instead of a character being called fat, he's now being called enormous. It's stuff like that. Um, This is not a right wing group trying to ban that book. This is a progressive group trying to edit that book. Um, and, And then the other book that she was holding, was it To Kill a Mockingbird? I think. Yeah, I think it um, was. And that book, um, again, I don't think it's been banned. So I, I, I looked it up, and what I found was that um, a school board outside of Seattle, a very progressive school board, took that book off of the required reading list because of the themes of racism. Um, and, and you know, there was a quote in, in a news story from one of the school board members saying that it, it addressed some, some like tough issues or something like that, or tense issues. I can't remember the exact wording. So again, these are not right-wing extremists tr- trying to ban To Kill a Mockingbird. This was a progressive school board outside of Seattle that was taking this book off of the required reading list. So, it, you know, it... it it's a pretty funny thing that they're doing, like turning this around and uh, accusing people like me of trying to ban books. I'm not trying to ban anything. And even the examples that Ryan, Randy Weingarten is using were not from right-wing groups. So just so we can be absolutely clear about this, did you attend any seminar about how to ban books? No, I did not. I have never been to such a thing. Do you have any plans or desire to ban any books? I do not. I love books. I think that um, kids should, you know, especially with To Kill a Mockingbird and um, another another book that's come up is Beloved by Toni Morrison. And, um, and I have heard of some, you know, like far-right Christians, let's say, trying to um, have that removed. I don't agree with that. I think the reason, from what I understand, the reason they're trying to have it removed was um, because there's a rape scene in it. Uh, I I think that high schoolers can handle that. It's not as though in that book, um, rape is being glorified. It's being used to show the horrors of slavery. And that is something that we should be teaching. And at, at a, you know, at appropriate ages in high school, I think that is good for kids to read. You know, they, they need to understand that stuff. Another book that's come up, like, because I get the book banning question a lot when I'm out canvassing. Another book that came up, um, somebody was like, I mean, I hear they're trying to ban Charlotte's Web. And I was like, what? <laughs> and and I was I was reading Charlotte's Web to the girls at the time, so I was like, man, if somebody tries to ban Charlotte's Web, I'm I'm coming for them. You know, I love that book, so I looked it up when I got home, and this was from something back in like the early 2000s. Some Christian group was trying to get Charlotte's Web banned because they didn't like the talking animals. 
mean, it is not a, this is not like a current problem. It is certainly not something that I would advocate. I think that's absurd. And um, it's not, this is not what's happening in Albemarle County. So this is the case of like, uh, you know, like it's a, it's a manufactured fear basically that's being projected onto me. Yeah. Unbelievable. Okay. Finally, the mailing says that your campaign is quote funded by people who promote bigotry and seek to whitewash history. That's uh, I don't even know where to start. What does this even mean? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, I, I heard about this mailing. I, I got pictures from people who are like, look what showed up in my mailbox today. One friend texted me and was like, you know, I was surprised to learn today that you are the antichrist. And, um, and I got a lot of messages from some of my donors who had received this in the mail and were pretty upset at being called bigots. (laughs) So, um, it's not the case. I'm not funded by a gang of bigots. That's, it's ridiculous to suggest that. Um, now, I, I can't account for everything that every one of my donors has ever said or done. I'm sure that I would disagree with some of it. I'm sure that I don't share the opinions of every single one of my donors. And they don't, they don't share the opinions of one another either, you know, and that's because I have a diverse group of donors. I have people donating to me not because of my political views, but because of, you know, what I think about our schools and that they agree with me on that. So the accusation that I'm funded by a bunch of bigots who want to whitewash history is A, unfounded, and B, really insulting to my donors. Is there any possibility that you've you've said or done anything that could lead anybody to believe that you would like to whitewash history? No, I have no idea um, how anybody how anybody could say that about me and um, sleep well at night. Honestly, it's uh, <laughs> that's not me. Okay, well, I think we debunked enough lies for today. I'm sure there will be more coming. Spillman is clearly more interested in getting elected than telling the truth. Next week, we'll get back to the actual issues that all candidates should be talking about. Uh, We've got plenty more episodes coming before the election. We're just getting started. If you're listening, I know that you are smarter than Allison Spillman thinks you are. She doesn't respect you like Meg Bryce does. I've never known Meg to lie to anyone. I hope you choose truth over evil and deception because ACPS badly needs honest, hardworking people on the school board, people like Meg who listen to taxpayers rather than lie to them. Can I say one more thing? Sure. Um, you know, I'm, I'm running an honest campaign. I am not running an ends justify the means kind of campaign. At the end of the day, I want to be proud well, at the end of the campaign, I want to be proud of how I ran my campaign and I want to be able to hold my head high and I want our kids to be able to look at everything I did and and be proud of me. So, um, you know, it's, 
I, I can't control how anybody else runs her campaign, but this certainly isn't how I'm choosing to run mine. And I, I hope that people can see that. I hope that people can see that I'm trying to stick to the issues. I'm trying to stick to the data and um, you know policies and, and issues and facts rather than just spinning a narrative. And I hope that that resonates with people. I'm John Bryce, and you've been listening to my wife, Meg Bryce, on the Meg Bryce for School Board podcast, which is, of course, paid for and authorized by Meg Bryce for School Board. If you like what you heard, I hope you'll continue listening and text this episode to at least three of your friends. Meg would be honored to earn your vote and grateful for even the smallest donation, which can be made by visiting megforschoolboard.com. Check the show notes for links, including charts to visualize much of the ACPS data Meg mentioned earlier, as well as a recording of the Crozet Town Hall Candidate Forum, where you can watch how Meg stacks up against her opponent. Early voting is already underway, and election day is November 7th. Vote for Meg to get ACPS back on track. Thank you.